What is up, FGB Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the FGB Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Dynasty Sneeko. What's going on, Nico? Hey, what's going on, Ben? How are you doing tonight? Pretty good, man. And then we got a very special guest on the pod tonight. It's the very first guest, so guest number one, and couldn't have picked a better dude, and that's IDP Bob, uh, the retired member from the Big Three IDP. Uh, what's going on, Bobo? What's up, boys? Good to good to be spending a little Wednesday night talking football with uh, with my XFFL fellas. No place I'd rather be. Yes, Woo! sir. I, I think this makes it about the third pod that came out of that fantasy football league. So, so there's been yeah, a few big, big things, but. As always, yeah, make sure to check out the site. Uh, we have exciting stuff going up every single day. That's fgbros.com. Um, we got you for our prop bets. Sneeko's been killing it with that recently. We also got you on all your fantasy questions, waivers, start, sit, and we're going to be getting more of this podca- podcast content to you guys. So, yeah, make sure you uh, subscribe on Apple. Subscribe, leave reviews. Uh, do all that internet stuff, and <laughs> let's jump into the football. Um, so let's start with big news. I'll let you lead, Sneeko. Looks like you had a story you wanted to talk about. Sure. So, um, again, welcome, everybody. This is going to be kind of the format we follow each week. Um, and we're going to kick it off with some news that broke the other day that I think – um fg bro ben and myself have very differing views on uh tua tagovailoa has been named the starting quarterback for the miami dolphins um i gotta tell you i i was pretty shocked by the news i guess i understand it you know he is going to be the franchise quarterback there in miami or at least they hope so um but you know ryan fitzpatrick has been playing very well so far this year you also have a Dolphins team that is uh, just one game out of first place in their division. Um, you know, things are, things seem like they're clicking. Uh, it then came out today. Fitzpatrick seemed like he was taken aback by the move. He didn't know it was going to happen. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm a player in that locker room and I see a guy like Fitzpatrick who goes out there and lays it all on the line every single day and, you know, they just – yanked him and put in the rookie just to develop the kid, you know, why am I giving my full effort this season? It's obviously not a move to win now. So Ben, what are, what are your thoughts on this move? Yeah. So I'm a Dolphins fan. I don't know if I've said that yet in our limited run of podcasts, but big Dolphins fan since I was born. And, um, yeah, it's funny. I never really thought I'd be on the side of rooting for my team to take what I think is the less competitive route. I think I'm in agreement that Ryan Fitzpatrick for this year gives him a better shot in a weak division that may be claiming a wild card spot. But I think it's so important to get young quarterbacks playing time early. Um, I don't think you need to rush them into it, but I think when you make that internal assessment that they're ready, there really is no reason to hold them back. Um, Brian Flores obviously did his due diligence. I trust in him as a coach. So I take him at his word when he says that he uh, it took this much time, but he believes Tua's ready to go. So 
Yeah, if they if the Dolphins really thought he's a starting caliber quarterback, you gotta give him the chance to prove it. Um, if they are rushing him in because they feel pressure, then I'm a little scared. But it doesn't feel like that kind of move to me. How about you, Bobo? Yeah, you know, I guess I'm not thinking about it so much as um, you know Fitzpatrick versus Tua as much as I am, you know, kind of an organizational thing. You look at Miami, three and three right now, one game out of first place in that AFC East. Um, actually leading the division in the points scored right now. They actually have more points scored than Buffalo on the year. Um, they're actually one and two at home, which is interesting as well. But I guess for Miami, what I really like, I really like their upcoming schedule. I mean, they really have some opportunities. Um, they have Los Angeles uh, the first day of November, which uh, and that's the Rams, not the Chargers, um, who can be beatable. Um, then they have the Cardinals, the Chargers, the Broncos, and then the Jets, uh, then the Bengals. So, I mean, really, um, I, I may side a little bit with Nico here on this side to where the timing just feels forced, I guess, maybe more than anything. Um, you kind of want Tua to come into a situation to where there's not a lot of pressure, um, and there's going to be a ton of pressure right now. So maybe that's what Flores is looking at. Maybe he's looking to see how he handles the pressure. Um, Tua has been a pretty important pickup across all my fantasy leagues this week, but um, I have not been a person that's really jumped out there and grabbed him yet. So that that gets into my next point here, Bobo. Um, what are we doing with, you know, first off, what are we doing with the surrounding weapons? Because Fitzpatrick was just a streaming quarterback. You know, if you had him, sucks, drop him, move on. But what are we doing with Devontae Parker? What are we doing with Mike Gesicki? What are we doing with Miles Gaskin? You know, these are guys that were – they've been in your lineup for the last couple of weeks. Ben, how are you proceeding moving forward with these guys? Yeah, so firstly, on an unrelated note, it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen as a football fan watching Tua as a lefty. It, I mean, just because I, I, I'd watched him in college, but every time I see it, it surprises me again. But that aside – I think it's going to – I can't say it's going to be a good thing out the gate. Um, Fitzpatrick is, for all of his flaws, someone who's known to put up gaudy passing stats and touchdowns, probably a couple too many interceptions. But he is uh, a big fantasy piece. I, I remember when he was at the head of that Arians offense in Tampa Bay, he was you know, putting up like 500 yards and supporting two wide receiver ones. So – I think he's really a, the type of quarterback who you wouldn't think it necessarily, but he is the, one of the guys who elevates the skill players around him. And so I think Tua can be one of those guys, but there's going to be some growing pains. So I think probably for the wide receivers, it's stocked down a little bit. The running backs might get a little bit more looks, but then I think um, I'm probably looking to acquire Mike Gusecki where I can. I think he might go the tight end safety blanket route a lot, a lot early. Yeah, you know that the favorite, uh, the favorite receiver for those young rookie quarterbacks is always that tight end. And Gasecki, you know, seems to kind of fit the bill right now. Um, the second rushing, uh, the second place uh, rushing leader right now in Miami is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Who would have thought six weeks into the NFL season? that Ryan Fitzpatrick would have more rushing yards than Matt Breida and Jordan Howard. <laughs> what a weird year 2020 is uh, proving to be. But, you know, one thing I, I do like about Miami, 
and don't like. Um, from a team aspect, they do kind of spread their targets out. Devontae Parker only has 40 targets on the year. Gasecki has 30. You've got Preston Wilson, Miles Gaskin. Isaiah Ford has even been serviceable for some weeks of fantasy football. I'm also interested as a Kentucky boy to see what Lynn Bowden can uh, can can, um, can look like in this offense. I know everybody is shipping him off, and I get it. That's probably the smart thing to do. But if you would have watched him when he was at Kentucky, um, the dude was like a better Randall Cobb, and Randall Cobb was awesome when he was here too. I think it's because Kentucky has sucked so bad for so long that when we have one guy who can be like a running back or a quarterback or a wide receiver, everybody just thinks he's <laughs> amazing. So um, from a skill perspective, I'm excited to see Bowden. Don't get him in fantasy, but um, yeah, this just seems forced. Um, if I'm, if I'm the uh, Miami Dolphins, I'm still running with Fitzpatrick. You know, and the other thing too, I guess that y'all, y'all hit on a little bit, but it's going to be weird is that left-handed transition. It's going to be strange. These guys are already six weeks into this NFL season, you know, getting these balls from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not only now do they have to get new timing with Tua, but now also they've got to go get a jugs machine and turn it around the opposite <laughs> way so that they can get used to it. So I know it's a subtle little thing, but I don't know. I haven't really bought any Miami Dolphins this year in fantasy, and that's probably going to continue. All right, real quick, guys. Are you picking Tua up? Yes. Yeah, I'm in a redraft league that's like 15 quarterbacks rostered. No, but in a league where you roster like 20 guys, where most quarterbacks are rostered, yeah. Hey, tell me this because y'all are college guys more than I am, but did Tua rush much at Alabama? He did a little bit. It, it, he wasn't a, he was a mostly a pocket passer who would, who would run when the play broke down. Honestly, people acted like he ran a lot more than he did. Like he, he was kind of Mahomes in his runs. Like it, it wasn't his main thing he did, but he was serviceable, but he's athletic where people, some people qualified him in that regard. Him and Jalen Hurts were basically the same quarterback. Like when he came in for Hurts, they looked the same. Just one of them was throwing it left-handed. Who would you most closely comp him to in the NFL right now? Russell Wilson. No, there's wow. no way. Get out of here, Ben. No. All right, let's move on. Mr. <laughs> Unlimited. Yeah. What about All Kyler? Right. Is he closest to Kyler? No, Kyler's, Kyler's way more faster. athletic. Okay, okay. All right. So he's not that fast then. Eh. He be like, on, okay, okay. Like so here's, fast. No, here's here's honestly who I think he is. I think he is a is like a a half sized Ben Roethlisberger. Like he's half of the size of him. He's not as big as Big Ben is, but that's the style of play he's going to do. He's going to try to sit in the pocket and throw it, and then once it breaks down, you know he's going to try to you know shuffle out of things and and get loose. Ben does it kind of with his size. And Tua can do it with a little bit more athleticism. Nice. But, yeah, I got to say, as a Dolphins fan, definitely an exciting time period we're entering to watch. So let's head on to our next segment here. We're going to be looking at a couple of you guys' Twitter questions every week. Um, this week, we picked two questions from one Twitter user by the name of A Concerned Citizen or at Greek and Smooth. So shout out for the question. 
He says, I made two trades last week, one for A.J. Brown, and I gave Cam Newton. Number two traded C.D. and Daryl Henderson for Michael Thomas. So, Bobo, I'll let you start us off here. What do you think about those moves? So that first move was ridiculous. Um, A.J. Brown and Cam Newton, I mean, Sam, if you're out there listening, I'll well, I don't have Cam anymore, so I can't do that. But, dude, A.J. Brown, I call him D.K. Light, you know, um, not or only just in DK better. <laughs> I don't, we're not gonna we're not gonna get into that, Nico. But no, I'm a big AJ Brown fan. He looks healthy. Tannehill deserves way more credit. I feel like than we're giving him. Um, that dude is really really intelligent. makes makes uh, makes good decisions. But no, that first one is ridiculous. The second one traded CD and Daryl Henderson for Michael Thomas. Um, I and we'll get into this the uh, starts of the week and the sits of the week. Um, I don't want anything to do with Mike Thomas this year, not only because of that high ankle sprain that he's coming off of, but Drew Brees doesn't look like himself this year. And as our boy here, fantasy guru bro knows, I'm about the biggest Hendo believer uh, in the state of Kentucky, and I know I'm the biggest CD believer uh, east of the Mississippi. So you're not <laughs> going to be able to tell me that you traded uh, CD and Daryl Henderson for anything uh, and, and expect me to be impressed. So. Sorry, Greek and smooth. If if you were looking for uh, for smooth answers over here, you're not you're not going to get them. Yeah, so let's hope that trade number one is super flex. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't know if he specified if it, it if it is super flex. Still not in love care. with it. Don't care. Not in love with it. AJ Brown is he's going to be a wide receiver one by AJ Brown. I think he received AJ Brown. So good yeah. job. Well, yeah. Then we're we're talking about whoever whoever gave that up. Start listening to the podcast. Get you some real <laughs> advice. <laughs> but no, and then yeah, I'm I've been a, a Hendo guy for the longest time. Um, I'm also an Acres guy, and they are. I hope for a while they wouldn't be conflicting things, but they're becoming very conflicting. It, it doesn't seem like it's going to be an Ingram and Kamara type situation. It seems like it's going to be more of a hot hand thing. Um, that being said, if there's a guy I want to bet to get hot, it's Daryl Henderson. I'm, he's <laughs> lightning in a bottle, has been since college days. 8.9 yards per carry, almost 2,000 yards at Memphis. Um, I've made the case for him a thousand times. And then CD, I think you're still in it's not a necessarily a buy window, but it's a take kind of almost take shock window where people haven't really understood yet what's happening. And what's happening is he's solidifying himself <clears throat> as a top five, top five wide receiver for the for redraft and dynasty. Yeah, so the first move, you know, AJ Brown for Cam Newton, slam dunk. I think um you know, rest of season, A.J. Brown is on pace for wide receiver one type numbers. Uh, he's the only real target in that offense. Um, I mean, John o. Smith has been great, but he's banged up at this point. Um, so A.J. Brown is going to get all the red zone targets uh, if they're not handing it off to Derrick Henry, which they probably will be. But, um, yeah, that, that one's a slam dunk. For the second one, I'm going to go against the grain here. Uh, I think that acquiring Michael Thomas at this point is perfect. You got everything that you needed out of CD Lamb and Daryl Henderson up to this point, and now you're getting Michael Thomas 
after the Saints have been very cautious with him. I mean, he could have played two weeks ago, yet he took an additional two weeks off. Now he's coming back, should be close to fully healthy. And I think the reason Drew Brees has been bad this year is because Michael Thomas hasn't been there. Um, we saw Michael Thomas succeed with both uh, Teddy Bridgewater and Drew, B- Drew Brees last year. He doesn't drop balls. He's got a 90% plus catch percentage. Um, and this offense looks like they miss him. So with Michael Thomas coming back, I think that you, I think you, you picked up, you know, possibly the overall wide receiver one rest of season on the cheap. So I, I think that that was a slam dunk move. Um, you know, I do love CD lamb. Don't get me wrong. I think he is, you know, top 20 wide receiver rest of season. Uh, but Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers and uh, Malcolm Brown are just, you know, we're never going to know for sure who's going to be getting those carries there. Yeah. And you know, this is kind of that window for CD and for, and for Hendo and Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas hasn't hit the field yet. So you're still kind of buying him low, but with CD and Dalton now, you know, you don't really know kind of what to expect with CD and Dalton through the rest of the year. Still 10 targets on Monday night though, even with Dalton. That's very true. Um, and even Gallup had a good game. I can't remember. <laughs> Gallup had like five uh, end zone so, targets and didn't so come was, out with any of them. So Amari had a bunch of targets in. But I'll tell you, as a Rams fan, I'll tell you, here's what the problem is. And I've thought about it more and more. They need to trade Malcolm Brown and just run with Akers and Hendo. And then it will give them both some type of um, value. And, and you're, you know, the weeks might be frustrating, but. Malcolm Brown is just in the way at this point. There's obviously other teams, you know, based on that second round tender that the Rams put on him last year. There's other teams who would be interested in him right now. Um, ship him off, let Akers and Hendo run with it, and then I think the offense is a whole lot more dynamic if if you do something like that too. But I can understand your side of it too, Nico. I, I I'm not against either side of that trade. I understand the CD and Hendo part, but if you can get Michael Thomas, I know he's a big name and everything as well too. Well, cool. So I hope you turned in, tuned in, uh, Greek and smooth, because <laughs> uh, I'm sure whatever we gave you on Twitter does not come close to what we just gave you on the podcast. So we'll tag you when it comes out or something, or hopefully you're paying attention. But boys, next up, we got our starts of the week. So we are going to go position by position, and each one of us is just going to give our guys make a case, and then move on to the next. So, Nico, let's start with you. Who's your quarterback? So my quarterback start of the week, and this is going to be mostly streamer territory because, of of course, we're going to be starting Lamar Jackson. We're going to be starting Patrick Mahomes. Actually, Lamar Jackson's on bye. But um, my start of the week is going to be Justin Herbert. Coming out of the bye, he's got that job locked up now. Um, You know, that was announced a few weeks ago. So this offense is now designed for him moving forward. If you look at him versus Tyrod Taylor, very different skill sets that they have. So now you've got Justin Herbert, who's a pocket passer, who can, you know, he can get out and scramble around a little bit. One of the best arms in the league already, even as a rookie. Um, Looks fantastic. Um, He's getting his weapons back. Keenan Allen should be back. Um, Hopefully the offensive line had some time over the bye week to heal up and he gets the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have looked worse and worse and worse since their week one surprise victory over the Colts. Um, big Justin Herbert fan, both for the long term. And, you know, I think that Herbert may be a guy 
that you pick up and you may um, you may just kind of roll with him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's a guy that, as far as streamer wise, he's been a guy that I've I've been streaming more weeks than not. And if you look at his schedule coming up, um, it's nice. Well, let me bring it up here. He's got Jacksonville, Denver, Vegas, Miami, Jets. Then he's got a couple tough ones, uh, Buffalo and New England. And then Atlanta, Vegas, uh, Denver to finish out the year. So, you know, maybe Denver's a, a bit of a difficult matchup. Uh, Vegas has kind of turned things on a little bit. But, um, you know, he's got four or five weeks where you could play him. And maybe you don't have to stream quarterbacks if you pick him up and play him this week. Yeah, so next we'll go into my quarterback start of the week. Um, obviously, any of the top 20 starting quarterbacks are kind of going to be in consideration every week. So no one that you haven't thought of yet. But I think this week might be a nice week to go Carson Wentz. Um, I know on paper it would look like maybe a week to avoid him. Miles Sanders going down with an injury. Um Obviously, the lack of wide receiver help, but I think he's coming into his own with Fulgham. He's going to have to do it all himself pretty much for the most part with Miles Sanders gone. The New York secondary is not too frightening to me, and I think that the way the Eagles defense has been playing, it's not going to be a blowout on either side. I think they'll stay relatively close. I think they'll be throwing till the end, and so... I think you could end up with a solid week out of Carson Wentz, despite the fact that he's playing with probably practice squad quality uh, mm-hmm. talent around him. For the second year in a row. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, Baba, who do you got at quarterback? So, this week I'm going to roll out Matt Stafford at Atlanta. Um, Atlanta has proven to be uh, you know, similar to the uh, Swiss cheese of the uh, NFL this year. Deion Jones, Foyer, Luacon, Michael Walker. Uh, who else they got there? Uh, that that rookie AJ Terrell, uh, Demonte Kazee, even uh, Keanu Neal. Um, that that organization is just not got it together right now. So I love Stafford going down there to play them. Um, their offense has put up a lot of points, which makes me think that this could be a high scoring affair possibly this week. Um, it just kind of feels like it's maybe all coming together for Stafford right now. You know, you've got Kenny G who was out for a couple weeks and he's back healthy. Um, they're coming off of a week six victory, which has got to be good for Patricia, even if it was against the Jaguars. Um, and don't look now, but uh, DeAndre Swift had 116 rushing yards last week with two touchdowns yeah. um, and didn't really even catch a whole lot of balls last week. So that transition from AP to DeAndre Swift is slowly starting to happen, I feel like. And if you're looking at Stafford rest rest of season, um, after Atlanta, he is at home against Indy, then at Minnesota, at home with Washington, at Carolina, at home with Houston, and then at Chicago. So for the next little bit leading up to um, what will be the fantasy playoffs, um, I really, really like Stafford's run here for the next little bit. I like it, Babo, and that is what we call following through, folks, because Babo actually traded for Matt Stafford this week in our home league. That's right. So that's putting your money where your mouth is for sure there. So next we're going to be looking at running backs, and we'll start with you, Sneeko, a guy that Bob actually just mentioned a little bit. 
Yeah, thanks for the um, you know the glorifying intro there for Mr. DeAndre Swift, Bobo. Mm -hmm. um, as you mentioned, yes, uh, last week, 116 yards on the ground, came out of the bye week with 14 carries. It's something that you definitely like to see. Um, it seems like Carrion Johnson is gone. Uh, R.I.P. Mr. Carrion. Uh, AP is going to be involved still. He did have uh, AP actually had more carries than DeAndre Swift, but you know we realize, uh, I, you know we realize as fans, Adrian Peterson's not getting any younger. He's not the future of this franchise. We would think the Lions organization would realize that as well. On top of all of this, the Detroit Lions have a top five graded rushing offensive line this year not sure if you guys saw that or not um but the offensive line's playing great um my boy taylor decker got the big paycheck and now he's moving bodies around at left tackle there and um i expect deandre swift to continue to earn those carries and as bobby mentioned um you know this week he has um i'm sorry who, who we who we got this week slipped my mind uh, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Atlanta. So he's got a, a pretty choice matchup this week. Next week's a little tough against um, Indianapolis, mm -hmm. but the rest of the schedule for, you know, the next few weeks are going to be great. So hopefully you, if you had Swift, you held on to him, or, you know, if you went in hard on the waivers and got Swift, he's a guy that should be paying dividends for you down the stretch. Mm -hmm. Love that. Yeah. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, so, Bobo, who you got a uh, running back? Yeah, so I'll give you a little bit of a snippet. Um, I actually selected for my running back Josh Jacobs um, because I really like him coming out of the bye week. I went back and looked in 2019, uh, their first game out of the bye. I think Jacobs had like 21 carries for 120 yards um, and actually caught a couple balls as well too. Um, the only problem is that I just saw – they sent home, I believe, their left tackle um, with a positive COVID test, and then they also sent the rest of the offensive line home. So that might be something to monitor going into this weekend um, as far as you know, starting uh, Josh Jacobs and everything is concerned. But So my start of the week is going to be Daryl Henderson versus Chicago. Um, Chicago, um, their defense has been really good, but I am just such a Hendo believer. Um, I really don't think that we're going to see an influx of acres, even though I would really love to see that. Um, the fantasy community would like to really see that. Um, I think that McVeigh probably sees in these games where he loses that golf is throwing the ball too much and that they need to establish a running game. And Hendo is running the ball so well. I mean, his yards per carry – um, is really, really good. I don't remember exactly what it is off the top of my head, but, you know, Hendo will break off a 10, 15-yard run, and he's only one move away from taking it to the house. Um, I see him possibly doing that this week at home, on the turf. Chicago's coming a little bit of a trip for them out here to the West Coast. Um, so everybody thinks that maybe Jared Goff is going to deal this weekend, but Daryl Henderson's going to be the guy with 100 yards rushing this week. Yeah, I like it. I'm never going to complain about a little Daryl Henderson hype. <laughs> so my running back I'm running with here is a little bit dependent on some of the news we get this week. Um, but I am pretty confident with it regardless, and that's Gio Bernard for the Bengals. 
Joe Mixon is banged up. I believe he did not practice today. The coaches, uh, Zach Taylor is not being super specific. He's being a little dodgy about what's going on there. So I would amend with the start, uh, probably the waiver wire pickup. Um, if he made it through your waivers, pick him up. He could end up being a weak winner. But even if a banged up Joe Mixon plays, uh, Zach Taylor has shown before he's not afraid to give Gio Bernard the bulk of the receiving work. And so if there's any sort of uh, workload restriction or snap count on Mixon, even a 50% snap count for Gio Bernard could produce, you know, five receptions, a decent amount of carries. And to the dismay of uh, Mixon owners, including I have a a share of him in redraft, uh, he seems to get a lot of red zone work, despite the fact that he doesn't profile as a traditional red zone type of bag. Gio Bernard has been sniping a lot of touchdowns from Mixon this year, so... I think this is as good a week as any to roll out Gio Bernard, regardless of Joe Mixon's status. And if Joe Mixon is out, then it's a smash pick. Mm-hmm. So moving on, we have our last category, and that's the receivers. For the sake of continuity, um, you guys picked wide receivers. I actually picked a tight end, but I'm not going to be doing an extra guy. So most weeks we won't be doing tight ends. We don't feel like there's always a – Quite a clear picture of what tight end is going to break out. A lot of the time, the tight ends 5 through 20 are all just based off catching one touchdown or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if, if we have a guy we really like, we're going to let you guys know. But we'll start off with you again, Sneeko, who you got as your wide receiver start this week. I'm going to go with Henry Ruggs. Um, you know, we saw him banged up early in the season um, <clears throat> in the – uh, Vegas Raiders really missed him while he was banged up. He is a true field stretching specialist. His speed, he's a guy who I believe he is actually faster with pads on on a football field than he is running a 40. And it, that's saying something because his 40 was very fast. Um, he's a guy that I think it, it literally just takes one reception to make his week. Um, you know, we see it all the time in Kansas City with Tyreek Hill, and that's kind of the comparison that we're getting here with Henry Ruggs. If you held on to Ruggs coming out of the bye week, I think this is a great time to start him. He's going to, you know, even if he is going against a tougher secondary matchup, there's no corner in the league that can run with him. So it just takes one, like I said, just one play to make his week. And Derek Carr is actually a very, very capable uh, long ball thrower. So um, really like Henry Ruggs, not only for this week, but for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Love that. Also, uh, Brian Edwards is out for week eight again as well. So um, that's a great take, Nico. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, definitely been fun to watch Ruggs so far. Bobo, who you got at wide receiver this week? So for wide receiver this week, I actually have uh, Robbie Anderson um, and he is going to be at New Orleans this week. You know, we're coming off of a relatively quiet week for Robbie in week six. Uh, four catches for 77 yards, which honestly is still really solid. Um, I think it was a big week for DJ Moore, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. I think DJ yeah. Moore had one or two touchdowns possibly, which is good to see. You know, that's a good offense, you know, not only for DJ Moore, but it's, it's a good thing for Robbie as well to see other people around you producing. Um, Robbie in 2020 is still yet to produce a single digit game, um, throughout fantasy, which is always really healthy to see. So, um, I think this game should be high scoring. Um, 
with an emphasis on should. I could see also a weird game maybe happening, but you know, you would hope that a Breeze and, and Bridgewater game would would uh, um, you know get up there pretty high. But I guess maybe a good game for Robbie here. He's going to approach possibly ten catches. Um, who knows what his yardage is? Hopefully, if he's got ten catches, he's over a hundred yards, hundred twenty yards for the week, and maybe a touchdown. But I really like Robbie Anderson. His uh, his skill set matches uh, what Matt Rule and them are looking for in uh, Carolina. And uh, I only have one share of him, I believe, across all of fantasy. But in that one share, he's uh, he's been pretty awesome for this year. Nice, yeah, definitely, definitely a nice player who. It's been a pain in my back as a DJ Moore owner. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so the tight end I have this week is not a big name at all. Uh, Sneeko's Actually, it's a player. huge name. It's a huge yeah, yeah, name. Yeah, to be fair, it's probably one of the biggest names in the NFL. It's Albert Okwegbunam, the uh, tight end for the Broncos. I've been on this guy since before the draft, um, even during his uh, college career. So he's 6'5", 44940. In my opinion, a top three athlete at the position in the NFL. And I really don't think that's hyperbole. There's not too many other guys you can compare with that size and speed. Um, he got looks a lot earlier than I expected. The big thing with him is his connection with Drew Locke. It's, one of the, it's what I always – have thought might make him different than other rookie tight ends. Rookie tight ends are traditionally an absolute sinkhole, something you want to avoid, even second and third year tight ends often. Mm -hmm. But this is one of those rare cases where a team goes out and specifically selects a player for the quarterback. This was Drew Locke's favorite target in college. I believe they connected for over 20 touchdowns in their three years they had together. And we saw week one, he got – Four, it was four or five end zone targets already from Drew Locke. He was about a millimeter away twice from having a two-touchdown game. Already put up, even with those drops, two, uh, two catches for 45 yards. This is someone with absolute boom potential at a position where you really don't see a lot of that. Um, so, yeah, pick him up. He's probably – available in your league and i would actually be comfortable starting him if you have a tight end on by so that is it for our starts uh ending with a bang obviously alberto everyone's favorite <laughs> but next we're going to be looking at our sits of the week i think we're gonna run through these a little bit quicker but same format uh let's start off with you nico who is your sit quarterback this week so I want to preface this by saying I still like Bobby's uh, start of the week of um, Robbie Anderson, even with my sit of the week, who is Teddy Bridgewater. Um, they're they're going to be in New Orleans. Uh, the Saints coming off a bye, you know, have it having a chance to um, you know get some guys healthy on that defense. Um, you know, maybe Marcus Davenport finally does come back uh, at one hundred percent. Um, you know, that, that pass rush should be able to get in on Bridgewater a little bit. Uh, you know, this is a guy who coming into the season, maybe we, we weren't super high on, but he has been a guy that you could stream from week to week. So um, this is not the week. If you have Teddy Bridgewater, look elsewhere this week. Yeah, I like that one. Um, I'll go next with mine. I'll keep it uh, short and sweet. I'm going to sit Ryan Tannehill this week. 
He's a great quarterback. He had a monster game last week, which it's always hard to sit someone after they put on for your team. Um, nothing to do with Tannehill, nothing to even do with that offense. It's just that Pittsburgh has been absolutely dominant this year. Um, they posted some graphic today, and it was like first, second, third, and then all the categories they like were uh, it was applicable for, and they're like in the top three of almost every major defensive stat category this year. Um, mm-hmm. If I have any option that I can to avoid playing the Steelers this week, I'm doing that. I'd probably put a lot of money on the under on that game. I could see both teams running the ball like 40 or 50 times. Mm-hmm. But good pick, Ben. Yeah, I like that, Benny. I actually um, I have Ryan Tannehill, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert in a 2QB league, and I'm running with the rookies this week. So, um, yeah, good call. Um, my sit of the week as far as quarterbacks are concerned is the handsome Jimmy G as he travels back to New England. Um, Jimmy G had a decent game last week. I know Ayuk is healthy. I know Debo is back and everything. But um, I do think that Bill Belichick, not only coming off of a loss last week, but also because it's Jimmy G, uh, is particularly going to make his life a little bit more difficult this week than it probably uh, needs to be. So um, I've never really been a Jimmy G believer as he goes back home to New England. Um, up against the Bill Belichick that lost last week. I don't really want any part of that. So, um, yep, there you go. Yeah, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it was conditional with the trade that uh, he has to tank his games against New England for the rest <laughs> of his career. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be surprised with that. So my um, running back sit of the week is going to be James Robinson uh, going up against the L.A. Chargers, who were also uh, coming off a of bye week. It's a defense. It's a very good defense um, that has, you know, had some injury issues. Joey Bosa has been banged up for most of the year, um, but played through it. Melvin Ingram, uh, perhaps they get him back. Um, but yeah, I, I just I don't see the Jaguars competing uh, too much in this game, and I'm I'm not really wanting to to play James Robinson this week. Yeah, I, I like that, Sneeko. So when I'm looking for um, start sits and specifically sits, there's really a couple factors I look for. Firstly, you're looking at the matchup, obviously, um, the defense, how good the defense is. Um, I'm also looking at, I mean, the contextual factors. Has someone been pushing? Is someone playing a little better? Is there some reason they're going to be sat? But then the third thing that I think really gets overlooked in fantasy is game scripts. I'm always looking for those game scripts that aren't going to work out well. And so – this week, what really stood out to me was Melvin Gordon slash um, Phil. Is Phil Lindsay still is he healthy now? Yeah, he healthy again. Yeah, okay. So Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. Um, I just think that game against Kansas City could end up, uh, you know, not even a shootout, but them behind big or quickly, and them throwing almost the whole game to try to get back into it. Um, I'd be excited if I had some of these Broncos wide receivers. Drew Locke has the arm talent to competently try to mount a comeback effort and score touchdowns and produce big plays. So I would not be surprised at all if this is one of those games where KC just gets out to a huge lead and Denver spends the whole game playing catch-up, which never good for your running backs. So if you can afford to sit Gordon or Lindsay this week, I think there's a chance they're just going to get schemed out quickly. Nothing against them as players. 
Yeah, I love that. I really don't like them for the whole year, especially for this week. But, yeah, so my sit of the week is actually going to be James Conner at Tennessee. Um, I'm just going to double knock on the on, on Ben hey, with the uh, James Robinson and James Conner. Yeah, Ben, who are your two, your two starting running backs in our main league? Yeah, I got Connor and Robinson and then Hendo. But I got I got I got Hendo too. Maybe I'll switch him in for you, Bobo. There you go. No, I don't uh I don't really have a whole lot of uh of love for James Connor. I know he's actually been pretty decent this year, but um I'm also a huge Jeffrey Simmons fan and uh he's been pretty good against the run this year. And um I think that Connor could have just one of those frustrating games. You know, I was looking back at his games. Um, against Philadelphia this year, 15 attempts, but only 44 yards. I could see a similar game like that um, with Tennessee. I think Tennessee could probably see that Pittsburgh may try to run the ball a little bit, maybe to give Ben a break because Ben's been throwing the ball a lot um, and been really productive. Shout out uh, my boy Chase Claypool, Mapletron. Uh, Love you. Please produce every week for me uh, from here on to eternity. But, yeah, just to bust Ben's balls a little bit, throw J- uh, James Conner out there for the end of the week. Yeah, I like it. As I stated earlier, I think that this game is kind of a lock for the under. Uh, this is two big, big boy teams going at it this week, uh, mm-hmm. Titans and Steelers. I think there's going to be a lot of running the ball and a lot of defense. And I almost put Derrick Henry on this list, but I don't think Derrick Henry's name can ever go on this list because you've got to play him no matter what. But, you know, the 200 yards and two touchdowns, this is not going to be that week for Derrick Henry. So uh, definitely – uh, like the sit there. Um, I'm going to stay in the same game and a guy that I'm sitting this week and that I'm sitting probably for the rest of the year. That's Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, he's been passed on the depth chart, I think, by multiple guys on on this team. I think Deontay Johnson profiles as the um, alpha for now uh, when he's healthy, which has not been very often. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Chase Claypool right there with him. And even James Washington's getting targets. Mm-hmm. So, Juju has not shown anything, even with a rookie, Chase Claypool, getting uh, acclimated into the offense, with Deontay Johnson being out hurt. Um, If he couldn't do it then, he's not going to do it the rest of the year. If you can get anything for Juju at this point, do it, because, you know, he's definitely trending down the rest of the year. So take, take Juju out of your lineup and try and get him to another team if you can. Well, stick on this one for just a second. As far as Juju's next contract is concerned, you think this year is really hurting him? It's weird for me. I almost believe that he's um, – it's not that he's playing worse this year. I almost think the Steelers know that they want – that he's not resigning. Mm-hmm. And I think basically they are kind of saying like, we're going to scheme Chase Claypool. We're going to scheme Deontay Johnson because we want to be prepared for Juju to leave and we don't need him to be our wide receiver one and then lose that vacuum, like a vacuum. So mm-hmm. I think he's already out the door and I think almost that might be one of the things that's hurting him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's still had, you know, a 1400 yard um, season, which is not easy, even if it was, you know, maybe padded uh, by the offense that he was in. You know, the biggest kind of comparison that I get is look at Allen Robinson that first year that he had with Bortles um, where he had that monster year and that he never really had the same uh, type of production. But then he went to an offense that really, um, you know, committed to making him the guy. So 
I think it's possible. I, I think he is going to get uh, get money from somebody. I, I don't think it's going to hurt him too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very young guy too. Yeah, very young. But yeah, one other caveat, just while we're talking Steelers, um, we did talk a lot about their defense. We do have to note that that defense is drastically, drastically changed with Devin Bush going down. So. It is still to be determined whether that defense looks as good as it has been so far. But for this week, I'm proceeding as I have been, assuming that the drop-off isn't too big. So my wide receiver that I have is Julian Edelman. This is less about the matchup. I I think the 49ers secondary looked good last week. Emmanuel Mosley returning was huge for them. He might even be their cornerback one, even though Richard Sherman has that big name. Um, so, yeah, I just – I just this might be more for the rest of the season. I'm not starting Edelman with any confidence. It seems like the Patriots can win games throwing the ball like 12 times. It seems like they're also content losing the game, throwing the ball about 12 times. It, it's, it's a type of team where Edelman could have 50% of the team's targets and 50% of their touchdowns, 50% of the receptions, and it'll end in like a nine-point day. So Mm -hmm. you hate when you see those huge target shares, but they're just not throwing. And it looks like that's kind of the scheme this year in New England. Yeah, he has 50% of their drops as well. Actually, (laughs) he's got 100% of their drops. Oh, my gosh. That's a good one, Benny. That was good last week too. Uh, Edelman looked pretty rough. But, uh, yeah, I'll get into the last of our uh, sits of the week. And uh, it's pretty weird to go with the 2019 wide receiver one as your uh, sit of the week. Uh, And I actually threw this out there prior to the news today to where he was limited in practice. Uh, There's a little video of him on the sideline today, and it's almost like he's still favoring that leg um, just a little bit, not only the ankle but also the hamstring and everything as well. Um, the Panthers have actually been pretty good. They're allowing the fourth fewest, um, points to wide receivers this season. Um, and you know, whatever it was that, uh, uh, Chauncey Gardner Johnson called him Mr. Slant or slant boy or whatever, uh, my boy, Jeremy chins over the top, over the top, ready to, uh, to take Michael Thomas out, uh, if he catches a couple of those balls. Who are you talking about? I don't know. I'm just not a real big fan of the, uh, the unhealthy tag going into this week. And, uh, um, yeah, so Michael Thomas, get him uh, get him off your starting roster. Because I could really see this being the type of game where Michael Thomas has been out so far this year to where he tries to stick it out, he plays a couple downs, and then he's like, you know, I can't finish this game. And then you've basically wasted a start there. So just keep a close eye on his health throughout the rest of the week. Yeah, I think I generally try to skew towards the side of if you can make it happen within reason, which – with the COVID year, plenty of people are like, there's just no way I'm sitting Michael Thomas. It's just impossible. I'm down I'm down to pick in between him and Gabriel Davis. I got to go with him. But if you have yeah. a solid option you can go with, I'm always on the side of giving an injured player one week to sh- get back into it. I've been burned too many times by the active tag where a guy gets five snaps. So, mm-hmm. I mean – Obviously, in such a crazy year, there's going to be some situations where you just have to start him. But if you have, you know, some mid-tier guys, you guarantee for ten points. I think it might be smart to go that way. I agree with you, Bobo. Is Gabe Davis paying you to say his name, Ben? Yeah, I, I get a dollar every time I say his name. That's what I figured. That's what I figured. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, geez, I, he's probably been mentioned more on this pod than any other pod, other than like <laughs> UCF, UCF focused ones. <laughs> but all right, with that, Gabe Davis sponsored advertisement. We can move into the next segment. Uh, the way we're going to try to do this is when we have a guest, they get to pick uh, their own segment for the show. And then after that, me and Sneeko have each prepared our own segment. So what did you bring for us this time, Bobo? Yeah, so, you know, as uh, as fellow members of the XFFL, you know, we uh, recently had a rookie draft, and it's IDP related, so we'll take out the uh, ind- independent defensive players and everything of it. But um, what we're going to do is we are going to redraft the first year of the rookie draft knowing what we know now. So we're... Uh, what are we, six weeks into the uh, NFL season? We're going to go one through 12, and we're going to um, redraft these rookies in whatever order we come up with here. And, uh, you know, we can do it based on redraft. We can do it based on a dynasty perspective. You just tell me what uh, what's going to work for you guys. And then, uh, you know, we'll give Benny the 101. Sneaks, you can take the 102. I'll take the 103, and then we can we can kind of go from there. Sounds good. Let's go dynasty perspective. Let's do do something. I don't know if y'all are wanting to do dynasty or not, but uh, but let's do that. I think the rookies yeah, no are probably a little bit more pertinent to people that are playing dynasty at this point, as far as you know, buying low maybe on some of these guys or or maybe their forecast for the next couple of years. Yeah, so we'll give our dynasty fans a little a little bit of love here. Yeah, so give us that one hundred and one. It's bitty. related. Yeah, yeah. So my one hundred and one. And man, this might be controversial, but I think I'm going CeeDee Lamb. I'm I'm going away from all the running backs. Um, If we would have said focus on redraft, I think I'm still saying it's Jonathan Taylor, CH, the Lev Bell thing clouds that for me. But Mm -hmm. Dynasty, yeah, give me CeeDee. I mean, I've seen people ranking him as their overall uh, Dynasty wide receiver one. And while I'm not there yet, I can't really fault their process for arriving there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that that is uh, controversial at all. And perhaps I'm going to be controversial with this one. I'm going to take Justin Jefferson, number two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, both of these guys are top 12 wide receivers this year as rookies. Um, if you're talking dynasty, it is so much harder to nail these wide receiver picks than it is the running backs. The running back picks, sure, you're going to you kind of know what you're getting for a couple of years. But guess what? It's only going to last you a couple of years. We may be seeing a wide receiver class similar to the class last year that pushes some of these older guys out, and it's just kind of an influx of youth into the into the league. So I'll go Jefferson number two. Man, y'all are making this difficult on me. Um, I'm going to be even more controversial, and we're not going to take <laughs> any running backs in the first three picks. So with my third pick in the uh, – in the new um, Fantasy Guru Bros Week 7 draft, I'm actually going to take T. Higgins, uh, wow. wide receiver Ooh. out of Clemson University. That's uh, T and uh, Burrow, I don't think it's it's as much about how good T. Higgins looks as much as it is. I really, really think Burrow is going to be something special in the NFL for a long time. So if we're talking dynasty, if we're talking long-term stuff, um, T. Higgins has really impressed a whole lot earlier on than I thought he was going to. Yeah, and while in oh, what's going on, Bubba? No, go and for it. I was gonna say back to you, Benny. <laughs> oh, cool. So no, even though uh, nowadays it seems like 
everyone loves to just see who can be the most controversial. I think <laughs> I got to stop the run. And it's not the chalk pick, but I'm going Jonathan Taylor here at the 104. Uh, before two weeks ago, I would say I'm taking uh, CEH here 10 out of 10 times. I'm not one of these people who's abandoning ship or freaking out or losing it over Le'Veon Bell joining the Chiefs. But I think it's impossible to say he doesn't have a role. And I think it's impossible to say CEH isn't going to see a less of a role to the point now where I don't think it's a guarantee that he gets more touches than Jonathan Taylor. Mm -hmm. And so if we're going to say the touches are close, give me Jonathan Taylor 10 times out of 10. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I like it. I'm going to um, stick with what we've been doing this far with the wide receivers, and I'm going to take Jerry Judy. Mm-hmm. Um, he's looked good in the um, you know the the snaps that he's gotten and the receptions that he's gotten. Um, currently sitting as the wide receiver 53, but did have his bye week already, and he played pretty much his entire season so far without a starting quarterback. Um, he looks explosive on the field, just need to get this guy a couple more shots and, um, you know, it's going to, it's going to come, come through for him. Yeah. I love that snake. So, uh, one Oh six, I am going to go with the O H I O boy, JK Dobbins. Um, wow, over C E H. I think the, uh, I think that the, uh, you know, the tea leaves are starting to be red a little bit. Ingram is getting a little bit banged up. Now, I will say Gus Edwards looks better this year than I was really hoping for him to look. Um, he has given that team a little bit of boost. But um, with Ingram banged up, with him on a bye week, the burst there is J.K. Dobbins. Stop running, Mark Ingram. J.K. Dobbins is your future. He looks so much better. He looks dynamic. He's quick. He's catching the ball. Um I'm excited to have that boy for quite a while. Man, I, I wish you did not go Dobbins because now we have to play the CEH game. Uh-oh. Um, I'm not his biggest fan, but I just I don't know how far I can let him fall. So I think at 107, you got to go CEH here. Um, there's yeah. two other guys that came to my mind. And for the sake of entertainment, I really wanted to say one of them, but – um, it still is the locked-in future running back, first-round draft capital for capital for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. It's mm-hmm. you can't ignore it for too much longer. And so I think if we were to hold a, a redraft that we actually had to stand by our picks, I'm not 100 percent sure he does fall to 107, but in a hypothetical, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to. Uh, just to make Ben mad because I know who he was going to draft. I'm going to go ahead and take James Robinson here at the eighth pick, a guy who walks into a completely wide-open backfield and has gotten almost every carry for his team. Mm -hmm. If you were lucky enough to pick up James Robinson off of waivers, you're probably doing pretty well in your league because you got a starting running back, um, top 20 running back so far this year for absolutely free. So James Robinson, UDFA for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but he's been, even though I'm not big on him this week, he's been killing it so far this year. Yeah, I love that. That's a great, that's a great call, Nico. And was that your pick, Ben? 
It I, it wasn't either of my guys. No. As <laughs> much as I love Robinson, um, it's more of a hope than a valid thought process. I really hope that he gets the chance to be the starter next year. He'll but I'm, with somebody I'm, next I'm year. not going to pretend like an undrafted free agent who isn't rushing for 200 yards every single game, who's still floating around about four yards per carry, is locked and loaded as – a four-year fantasy stud. But, I, I mean, if we knew that he was locked into this role for the next four years, it's almost hard not to take him 101 for me. So there's a reason he falls as low as he does. But, I mean, yeah, the production-wise, he's the rookie overall rookie number one right now for me. But that's the thing is none of these guys, none of these running backs we know will be locked into a four-year thing. I mean, if you just go back a couple years – this James Robinson conversation seems eerily similar to Philip Lindsay when everybody was all about Royce Freeman. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. So man, this is tricky. I'm between two guys here and I am going to go with the Detroit lions running back, Deandre Swift. I think he's fallen far enough at the one Oh nine. He has to be a consideration um, I think it's slowly starting to become his backfield. Patricia, don't be stupid. Don't try to prevent him. Don't try to keep using AP. Um, do the smart thing. Help Stafford out. Give yourself a run game. Use DeAndre Swift. Um, he was a lot of people's running back one coming out of the combine still um, prior to the draft. So if you put DeAndre Swift on the Indianapolis Colts or the Baltimore Ravens, or the Kansas City Chiefs, they probably don't draft or uh, trade midseason for, or not even trade, but pick up Le'Veon Bell. And uh, I just think DeAndre Swift is just uber, uber talented. So there you go, 109, DeAndre Swift. Cool. Now this next one for me is probably the closest. Um, I'm really torn between two guys. Hold on, I'm going to write yours down, Ben. And then uh, when you select it, I'll, uh, I'll tell everybody who, uh, who you got. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure you guys know what I'm about to say. It, but it's close with the second guy, but I'm taking Jalen Rager here. Yep, there it is. He doesn't um, deserve it. Knew it. Knew it. I mean, he was in the conversation for my wide receiver one before the year. Uh, six weeks, his rookie season isn't going to deter me from that. Travis Fulgham is putting up 150 yards a week in an offense that's about to welcome him back to – probably a hundred percent snap share. I mean, there's really a chance he's a league winner for people. Um, I don't have any concerns for his long-term future. I would have taken him top eight picks in the rookie draft before the season. So I'm not trying to abandon my, I guess, theory and my process too much. I don't think I can let him fall too much further just because we haven't seen too much of him. Um, so I'm still taking him there. And I think, by years and people are going to be really excited to have Jalen Rager. So I'm going to go with another wide receiver here, a guy that we need to be talking about and whose team needs to be getting this guy more targets. We're going with LaVisca Chenault because every time he gets the ball, he makes something special happen with it. He is an absolute beast. Um, the Jags got an absolute steal with him in the draft. And, you know, T.J. Chark can't seem to stay healthy. You got Keelan Cole out there. You know, start scheming this guy the ball because he he makes it happen. 
Oh yeah. man, this is making my decisions hard. That was I think you're. One. I think you're just forgetting someone, Bobo. Because I think with, Bobo, with the one twelve. IDP Bob select Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this is really hard. I'm I'm uh mm, 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 mm. I've got to say who has provided the most for my team at this point in the season. Oh man, I can't I can't make a selection. This is so hard. I'm not going Ben's route. I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna go with my boy Chase Claypool. You've got to put him at the 112. Oh, yeah. I love the I love the uh you know the the looks he's getting early in the season what Ben was talking about they're he obviously probably been higher probably <laughs> but here we are there uh, you know the other consideration there was was uh was Ben's boy Antonio Gibson but it's still too soon for him um, the only other person I would have maybe considered would have been Henry Ruggs. but um, Claypool is getting schemed runs in the red zone um, the team really really likes him. Um, which I love to see. Obviously, if Tomlin likes a guy, they're going to continue to get the ball to him, catching just ridiculous balls on the, uh, you know, on the uh, sideline. They've got him running slant routes. They've got him running jet sweeps. Um, Maple Tron, go get you, go get you a lick, go get you a sip, go get you a slurp, whatever. I don't know what you do with Maple Tron. Go get you some pancakes. Go get you some. Uh, what do they call the um, uh, poutine? There you go. Yeah. There you go. Is there um, anybody else that y'all would have put in consideration in the first round? Yeah, Justin Herbert. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would have put Gibson in there. I'm still not abandoning Acres. Um, I think you should. Any at like any second round running back is going to carry clout for a while, even if mm-hmm. he doesn't get a ton of looks this year. But yeah, yeah I think Claypool probably should have gone a little bit higher, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how much longer Big Ben has, but as long as he's there, they're going to be dynamite. So I think with that, that wraps up our seven-week rookie drafts. We'll have to do it again at the end of the season. And so now we're moving on to the two little segments that me and Sneeko put together ourselves. So I will be doing a buy-sell, and Nico's doing a free agent deep dive. So I'll start us off here. My... One big buy for uh, redraft, but even Dynasty, I mean, pretty much all formats. I think this is the smash buy that people aren't really talking about. It's Jamison Crowder um, putting up the stats like an elite level wide receiver one, seeing (laughs) it feels like damn near 15 targets a game. Uh, Not a great offense, but a quarterback that's palatable. Obviously, there's a reason he's underappreciated. No one wants to get near anything that Adam Gase is touching. But um, if he had the exact same stats and a different last name and a different jersey, I think people would be talking about him as a wide receiver one. And you can still acquire him for wide receiver two or three prices, and he's going to go out there and be a 20-point guy (laughs) almost every week for you just on his reception floor alone. So Mm -hmm. that's my big buy. And if the Jamison Crowder owner is willing to sell him cheap, I'd be willing to trade some pretty pretty solid pieces for him, pivot-wise. And that actually leads us into my next sell, because this is someone I would be perfectly comfortable selling for Jamison Crowder, who I actually think you probably could get this deal done in most leagues, and that is Kenyon Drake. He is my big sell. Um, 
the workload is there. And last week he exploded with it. But before this week, he had really looked anemic with his touches. Uh, in my opinion, Chase Edmonds had just looked better in the same touches, same scheme. I mean, he just looks more dynamic. And when I see that, I throw up the red flag. I don't think it's immediate. I don't think Kenyon Drake drops off a cliff. But I think it's slowly and slowly and slowly going to be more Edmonds. And I think for those who hang on to Drake by the end of the year, you might be dealing with a committee back when right now you can sell someone who has about 20 touches every game this year that you can show your trade partner. So, yeah, if you could get a Jamison Crowder for a Kenyon Drake, it might be a deal that your league members laugh at you at when you pull it off, but then it's going to score you points every single week. Mm-hmm. You could probably get Jamison Crowder plus something for Kenyon Drake. Mm-hmm. You know, and then uh, shout out to what Nico said in our uh, XFFL pod, but then this is a double sale. So when Chase Edmonds hits, then sell him again, uh, especially if you're in Dynasty because – um, we all think that Arizona is a perfect landing spot for possibly one of these running backs in the 2021. So get rid of Drake now, get rid of Edmonds when he hits, and then uh, you'll be good to go. Very good. So next we're going to get into my segment here, um, which is going to be the free agent deep dive. You know, we all know these uh, podcasts and websites that will you know, tell you who you should pick up this week, but – Sometimes those guys aren't readily available. Sometimes you don't have the fab to acquire these guys. Maybe you don't have the waiver priority to pick them up. So these are guys that are probably sitting on your waivers right now as we speak. The first guy I'm going to talk about is Corey Clement, uh, the running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. This is by no means a um, appraisal of Clement's game, but he is only 17% rostered. Miles Sanders is going to be out for at least three weeks, probably more. Um, and you've got Clement and Boston Scott as the running backs left over in Philadelphia. You know, I, I do like Boston Scott a little bit, but he profiles more as the receiving back. I don't think Boston Scott has the size to take on a full workload of carries every week. So, and God forbid something happened to Boston Scott. Then all of a sudden you've got Corey Clement by himself in a backfield for a team that is, even though the Eagles have been bad, they're still competing to win that division at this point. Mm-hmm. My next guy is a, is another deeper one, but same kind of situation. Uh, Jalen Richard, uh, backup running back for the Vegas Raiders, only 32% rostered on sleeper. This is a guy that if you're in a, especially in a PPR league, he's definitely a guy to throw on your bench because, you know, again, we don't want to speculate injury, but if something were to happen to Jacobs, which up to this point in his career, Jacobs has had these little nagging injuries, you know, every couple weeks that seem to pop up. And even with Jacobs being somewhat healthy so far this year, um, we've got a, uh, a target, um, you know, Jalen uh, Richard is getting targets in almost every game. In his last game, he got five targets. So, you know, with the injuries and stuff that we've all been dealing with, Jalen Richard is a guy that if you pick up, have an extra roster spot on the end of your bench, put him on your bench. I, I'm not recommending to play either of these guys this week, but just stash them. That's a, actually a strategy that I like to do in all my redraft teams is have kind of a rotating spot at the end of my bench where I throw one of these backup running backs on just in case something were to happen to the starter. Mm-hmm. So for this week, those are the two guys I'm picking up. 
And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, so, Bob, I'll give you the chance if you have any uh, deep dives or any sorry, yeah. stuff that came to mind during that. Yeah, um, Denzel Mims is on his way back. Am I right? Maybe. No? He's getting closer. He's getting closer. What I heard was the reason it took so long is that he's dealing with double hamstring injury. Oh, my gosh. So he's he's hurt and rehabbing both hamstrings right now. So maybe not paid too much attention to uh, Denzel Mims. But, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think in some of my regular leagues, like who's still available out there. Um, I don't know. It's so hard. In most of my leagues, the people are pretty good. So um, most of these guys are gone pretty fast. Um, I've been stashing DeAndre Swift all year. I've been sw- uh, stashing J.K. Dobbins in a lot of leagues. I was way too deep in a lot of these rookies, and that's just kind of uh, kind of been the situation this year. But um, I'm okay with it. Bought Justin Jefferson and Chase Claypool in a bunch of redraft leagues, and I was the top scorer last week. So, you know, to say that it's going to pan out that way every week, it's definitely not. But, um, yeah, I don't really have a ton of, like, super deep dives right now. Um, been a hard year. Fantasy's been difficult. I've either been the top of – uh, the top of the uh, leaderboard or pretty near the bottom. Yeah, yeah, that, I've been the same way. But, yeah, down that same vein, I, I think Rager comes to mind. Mentioned him so much I don't want to touch on him again. But 10% owned in ESPN right now. Uh, when do you expect him back, Ben? Uh, two weeks probably. This is his last week on IR, and he'll be, be, be back a week from now. So you probably want to be a week early as opposed to a week late there. Yeah. It also might be a good time to go and try and buy CMC. You know, his name's not quite out there yet as far as a return, but we all know it's kind of looming. So uh, you might be able to get him on the cheap, and we all know what CMC is going to be by the time he gets back. Yeah, well, boys, that's all we had on our little schedule. Um, So, Baba, before I do my little outro spiel, I'll let you plug anything you want to. Yeah, man. Uh I don't really know what to plug. You can follow me at EP Bob on Twitter or uh, follow my old boys uh, at Big Three at EP on Twitter as well. Shout out to uh, Josh Raymer, Connor Raymer, and uh, Adam Markham. They're doing the Lord's work over there at uh, over at the Big Three Network. So down in the Bible Belt, doing the Lord's work, doing Lord's work, living in God's country. <laughs> So, yeah, once again, make sure to check out our site for all of your fantasy needs throughout the week. We update almost constantly, and our writers are really insightful. We try to, you know, cycle through. So people are doing a lot of different stuff. You're not going to get the same opinions every week. So it's a really, really cool project that's going on. And, yeah, we're excited to have you guys along with us. Uh, follow the Twitter at FGBros. Uh, you know, tweet at us and maybe you can get your question on one of these podcasts. And if not, we can guarantee that we will answer quicker than any of the top guys in the industry if they even answer at all. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, thanks for joining me, boys. And thank you. And another great soda in the books. Give us a subscribe, give us a review, let us know how we're doing. Can't wait to see you next week.